Previously on X-Men. I was trying so hard to like listen more to your playlist, but all I did was keep listening to our two selections. Um, the one that you all but basically made me pick, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. And then the one you picked, which I had that song stuck in my head all that week when you did that, and I'm like, you are some sort of like mind-reading creature from another planet, and I appreciate you and I love you, but you, you're you doing a thing, and I feel like my brain's being scanned, because I'm like, what are the odds you'd pick that particular song? And what's funny is I had like four different Tegan and Sarah songs in that spot, and then I eventually switched it to that one. I know, um, but I'm glad you made me pick mine because it really is my favorite song off that album. And that album came out in the summertime. Yeah, so it worked. So I was like, thank you. Yeah. But I hated you because the choice I was going to pick would have probably been... Oops, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but it would have been a lot different. But for what I was going for with this one, it made sense. Because then it's like the kids are just hanging out and all of a sudden they just hear like this very burly black dude just start breaking out the song. <laughs> like washing dishes. Like, when you think nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> when you're sure oh nothing could be further from the cold hard truth. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just dancing over here. Slow it down. You have a tendency to rush back into your past. I'm like, I feel that shit in my soul. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think if our podcast had a thesis statement, it's that song lyric. God damn it. I might have to find a way to work that in now. <laughs> you kneel to condition all the feelings that you feel. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> I've got a red belt around my mind. Welcome to Talking Like a Team. Hi. The podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past. I don't know if I'm going to use that or not, but whatever. Anyway, um, I'm Adrian. Whatever. <laughs> and I'm Ashley. So this is... Well, no. What is this? Right. Last time we recorded... Yeah, last... God damn it. I'm so <laughs> glad I edited this, because this is... Now, now I'm all fucked up. Sorry. It's not your fault. I'm just a trash human being. It's all that nope. Dunkin' I drank, I guess. <laughs> Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. See, I, mm. no, it's no Starbucks is trash. It's fine. <laughs> Support your local coffee shop. My local coffee shop is honestly like this one gas station convenience store that actually makes really good coffee. But I mean, there I know it's not like local, local, but it's local enough. The problem with my local coffee shop is that it's like twenty five minutes away because of where I live. Like the local coffee shop is the Starbucks. Or the Dunkin'. So, like, to find a little mom-and-pop coffee shop, I have to go either to the beach or downtown. And I don't really live super close to either of those places. Well, what you could do is get half a cup of both and mix it and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know if that much booziness and that much, like, trash can be mixed together without some sort of explosion. To settle the war once and for all, they're just going to have to merge, not permanently, but like a joint venture thing, 
where the drink is a mix of both of the coffees and just figure out what happens to people as a result. <laughs> I do not volunteer as tribute. <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for making you vomit. <laughs> so and so was um, my playlist for last week, but we got through it. <laughs> Aw, I had fun with it. I know you did. I, I just had to poke fun at myself. But yeah, um, last time we recorded, we had this fun experiment where we covered an entire decade's worth of summer music, uh, five years apiece. Last time I covered 2001 to 2005, and you did 2006 to 2010. So we figured, you know, we had a lot of fun doing that. So we switched our uh, five-year brackets. So now this time, actually, we'll be doing 2001 to 5. I'll be doing 6 to 10. I don't know if this was uh, an issue for you because, I mean, most of last week was me losing my shit about all the songs that I didn't choose versus the ones I did and kind of had a mild breakdown during the recording trying to, like, (laughs) rationalize my awkward choices. Okay. That's true. So this time I had a lot more fun. Like I really enjoyed the process more and I had like some clear ideas as to what I wanted to do with it. Though the first incarnation was considerably different in terms of style of music. So I don't know if you had any issues or challenges or the opposite effect with your new list. I didn't struggle as hard with this list. 2003 was the year that you struggled with and you ended up doubling up that year. I did not, but I had the same struggle with 2003, where I had like six different songs in that spot at one point or another. I'm starting to wonder if 2003, like if you really thought about it, maybe more so than 2004, I would argue that 03 might really be one of the peak years of seeing shit in general. I think that's when like emo hit its stride, and I think that's when the the first round of like scene bands kind of started being a thing. Right. And like drive through records and some of those record labels that become huge later on are starting to release the out, al- like the first albums from some of those bands that go on to make those record labels. Yeah. Cause drive through had been a thing before that, but it really was that year. I think where it really just catapulted them and put them on like this, I don't want to say pedestal because it has like this weird connotation, but it definitely was like a thing. For sure. Between drive through, um, was no, Fueled by Ramen's a little bit later on, right? Fueled by Ramen was a thing then because I think they started back in the 90s. But the iteration of Fueled by Ramen that was the most successful kind of hits its stride later, like 05, 06. Right. And then you have like, uh, what are some other ones? Victory Records was like 0304, you know, Ferret, you know, for more of your angsty shit from my end. But yeah, this <laughs> is really like the era of scene labels just really taking hold of this music and just kind of dominating that space. And I'm here for it. Absolutely. Oh, that was not a complaint. Like, I am totally all about that. And fight me. That's, that's honestly, that should be the slogan of the show. Fight me. <laughs> we have takes. Fight us about them. And those takes are possibly wrong, but you know what? That's why you listen to us. Because the point is, we want to give you so many weird takes that it'll just drive all the traffic to our Twitter, which is at TLAT Podcast. 
and our Instagram, which is also TLAT Podcast, where you can then, after listening to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, be like, hey, your takes are wrong. And then we'll say thank you for listening and please listen again for more bad takes. That was beautiful. I loved that so much. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> <laughs> like we work hard so you don't have to you get to just absorb it on your commutes and at your workstation or at home and you do that thing that i do where you yell at your listening device being like that's not how that works and then oh we God, hope yes. that at that point you get so riled up that you have to like message one of us about it and yeah. i mean be super like constructive and not super awful but yeah by all means be like your thoughts on drive through records are wrong i'm like fight me <laughs> so I kind of cheated on my playlist, Adrian, in that it was supposed to be 2001 through 2005, but there was no way in hell that I was going to submit a playlist without Nelly on it. So I cheated and made it 2000 through 2005. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I thought something was wrong because I saw your first track. And I'm like, I remember the song. This really takes me back. I'm really enjoying this. But then I'm like, something doesn't seem right here. And I didn't know what it was until you just said that. Now I feel like low-key betrayed, but I already enjoyed the experience. So I can't retroactively yell at you for it. Like, you know what you did? You did your dirt. (laughs) You're fully aware of what you did. And you know what? I applaud it. (laughs) I followed the rules, except for with the bonus song. I was like, no. This playlist needs Nelly on it. It's fine. When did Nellyville come out? Was that 2002? Nellyville was 2002, but I didn't want a song from Nellyville. I wanted a song from <laughs> Country Grammar. All right, easy there, Veruca Salt. <laughs> uh, Nellyville's great. Do not get it twisted. But Country Grammar is still my favorite Nelly album. It's just so fun. Every song is so fun, and it encapsulates everything about that point in hip-hop kind of between the east coast west coast shit right before kanye kind of changed it and turned it into like that like chipmunk soul stuff that point in which like midwestern hip-hop was it and it was awesome yeah even like my mom listened to country grammar (laughs) every okay every person i know has that one friend where their parents back in the day were a little bit more relaxed and chill than other parents. Like it was your friend who didn't have the regular mom. They had the cool mom. Right. Um, And my friend with the cool mom would let us like throw like dance parties to Nellie in her living room. And I'm sure like her and her boyfriend like went downstairs and like smoked weed or whatever and just like ignored us, but like (laughs) gave us basically full run of the house and was like, here are all of my hip hop albums. Have fun. That's kind of amazing. I love the story. (laughs) So, like, that's what I think of when I listen to Country Grammar. I mean, among other things, because, like, there's so much of, like, my hometown in this album. But, yeah, I picked Ride With Me. It's a song that most makes me think of, like, being in middle school, right before high school started and everything got hard and complicated. And just, like, hanging out with my friends and dancing like a, you know, a 12-year-old white girl dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I love this whole album so much. It's so great. I I can't say enough good things about it. The versatility of the song, I think, is astounding. 
either you're partying or you're just like on a road trip or just riding around. Like it plays to so many different scenarios. Even if it's just like you're sitting there doing your homework, it just goes. And that City Spud verse is so good. And I honestly forgot that City Spud was a thing. And even saying that out loud didn't feel right. Because I'm like, was that who was on this track? But I'm like, yeah. okay, no disrespect. I'm just saying is I don't remember that being his name. But it's such a great guest verse. I don't know anything else that he has done. So I can't really speak to the rest of his work. I just, his verse is really good on this song. It might actually be better than most of Nelly's verses on this song. This is the one that's going to get like the parents into this. Yeah. Unless you're really paying attention, you're just listening to the edited version of the chorus being like, okay, this is cool. I can like rock this. And right. I could be like buying Q-tips at a CVS and kind of bouncing to this. <laughs> I mean, it's about smoking pot in a car. Like, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, we just got finished listening to like, you know, Sean Colvin. Like, okay, so he came home and then they're going to smoke an L. <laughs> oh my gosh. That. Sean Colvin song fucking rules, by the way. That song is the mad notes. Again, fight me. <laughs> Man, that's some white lady angry jams right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But that was like that whole era, which we'll get into that another day, because that's a whole thing that, yeah, get me drunk for that episode. But anyway, great choice. And I'm so glad you broke protocol. To put that on there. And honestly, even if you were like, uh, well, the single broke big in 2001, I would have allowed it. <laughs> um, So my 2001 jam was Bleed American by Jimmy World. I fucking love this album so much. I think it'll probably end up being an episode. Okay, I'm down. Maybe. <laughs> but fucking Bleed American rocks so hard. This song fucking rules. I love Jimmy Eat World. This isn't even like a disagreement. I also didn't know what to expect because it's not like I listened to like Static Prevails or Clarity until after I listened to Bleed American. But I very vividly remember the fact that they had to change the title post 9-11. Yeah. Which I get it, but the first song is still called Bleed American. Yeah. This song opens the album and it's fucking perfect. But Jimmy World, to me, is a band that I don't think often does social commentary. No, it's not anti-flag or no effects or anything like that. Like, they're not a political band. I think this was just sort of them dipping their toe into that. And I like it a lot. I think the vibe on this song is fucking great. The drums rule. But I'm glad that the whole album isn't this. Yeah. And if you had come from, like, Clarity or Static Prevails... Hearing that song probably made you feel a certain kind of way because it's very aggressive. And I think up until this point, this is easily the heaviest Jimmy World song. Mm -hmm. It's great, but I can definitely see this is not like a Sunday or even like believe in what you want. No. Hell, it's not even Lucky Denverman, even though that song fucking rules. (laughs) This was my first Jimmy World record. Um, it was definitely not my last. It's my favorite of theirs. I don't know. I like this song a lot. It's so good. 2001 was hard. There were a lot of other songs that I kind of put in its place and then eventually was like, hell yeah, I remember rocking out to this. Let's do it. There were just so many songs on your list that I knew, but I think that's what made it kind of fun because I think what we both did was it was less about 
oh, hey, let's listen to something we haven't listened to, but just shit that you just really felt. Yeah. Because it's badass. Like, anytime I get to listen to Jamie World at all, the deep cuts on Bleed American are so good. Like, okay, yeah, everybody knows the middle, which is a great song. You know, Sweetness is great. But, like, if you don't, don't. If you don't, don't. Yeah. God damn, that song is so good. Dang. How many times have I cried to that song? A bunch. Not as many as I have, I <laughs> I assure you. <laughs> well, and, like, some of the stuff towards the end of the album, like, the Authority song is really fun. Cautioners oh, yeah. is really fun. Like, this is it's a fun album. Oh, mystery. I'm not scared anymore. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I've got no secret purpose. I don't see my face. I'm done. Um, no, but seriously, like, the Authority song is one of the catchiest songs in existence. If you don't tap your toe, you are dead and your life is meaningless. Exactly. <laughs> Get your shit together. Listen to this. <laughs> Probably the most aggressive pitch for Jimmy World. <laughs> I remember this was. It's been a couple of seasons. I think it was the fifteen sixteen season. Um, the Florida Panthers used the sweetness as their goal song, <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those I'm where sorry. I'm like, I I I see you, Florida Panthers. Weird flex, but I see you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I were to fly the Panthers, my goal song would be the middle. <laughs> <laughs> or that would be like the song they skate out to. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I, I, again, weird flex, I appreciate it, but what are we doing? This is, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know. They were one of those teams, too, that eventually uh transitioned over to just sending out the survey every year and being like what should our goal song be and it would be me looking at it being like well you've got three pitbull songs in this dropkick murphy's song so <laughs> i guess we're marching up to boston i don't <laughs> what, like, are we doing? what are we yeah like what i mean i get it it's florida it's it's pitbull territory but i'm like there's better ambassadors to miami like maybe a trina song like come on Sure. You can't tell me there's not some nondescript Miami pop song. Fucking use Gloria Stefan. Like, do that. What about, what What was like the one Will Smith song? Miami? Yeah. <laughs> but they're not technically in Miami. They're in Sunrise. Where the hell is Sunrise? It's a uh, suburb of Miami. <laughs> it's, my okay, fine. Miami adjacent is the remix. <laughs> Welcome to Miami adjacent. Benviato, <laughs> ah, Miami adjacent. <laughs> there it is. Will, Will, it's not, it's, it's not working. We, we got to try something else. Like, but you know, we got to, we got to talk to the suburbs, man. Can we? And just... producers just don't understand. <laughs> I appreciated that reference. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So I kind of cheated on the next song, too, in that I think the version that I used didn't technically come out until 2003, but the song came out in 2002 because I used the acoustic version of Best Me by The Starting Line. Which is so much better. I love it so much. Why were they not just an acoustic band, like, full time? Because I think they had a few acoustic renditions of songs that were really good. And this really is definitely, good. like, one of the best. This is the best. 
I just, uh, I have like dumb high school crush feelings associated with this song. That's funny because I had weird high school crush feelings to um a good night's sleep. Aw, <laughs> man, the starting line shit, and it's like I talk so much shit about the starting line, but they were there for me. It was not cinematography. The album after that one, or was that the last one? I think there was one after that, but I don't remember what it was. It was trash. I remember that. Direction? Maybe that was it. Which apparently came out in 2007? I don't remember this. And then Based on a True Story. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, Based on a True Story was fine, but it was the album after that one that I hated a lot. To say that they had like one solid album, that's fine. Most bands don't get that far. Yeah. And Based on a True Story is a weird album if you're expecting something else. Yeah, that's like the perfect assessment of that. Yeah, like if you're expecting like 2000, 2001, 2002 starting line, like you will be very disappointed. But it's not a bad album. There were a few scene bands that some were able to transition into a different sound, but I think a lot of them just weren't. It was 2002 to 2005. Like, they didn't need to really transition out of Say It Like You Mean It. I mean, like, artistic integrity, blah, 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 blah. But as far as, like, keeping up with the current scene, like, emo was still there. was still prominent. I don't know. Say It Like You Mean It is really good, though. It is fantastic. (sighs) The starting line. No, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. (laughs) You Um, sounded so sad saying that. (laughs) Did you ever see them live? Never. Uh, they were not great. That was another thing that was that ended up being really disappointing. Every I saw them like three or four times, and every time I saw them, they weren't overwhelmingly enjoyable. That's disappointing. But a band who is amazing live is My Dudes, Less Than Jake. I nearly squealed when I saw this only because I thought about, God damn it, I could have used the Lesson Jake song. But then I wanted to almost go like late 90s and pull like some like fucking Pesco or Hello Rock View on this shit. Yeah, see, that's the thing with Lesson Jake is so much of their stuff that I enjoy is actually technically like late 90s Lesson Jake. But this album's so good too. I like- fucking love Anthem. <laughs> It's great. It's probably the the Less Than Jake album that I listen to the most. GNV FLA is fucking great, too. It's so slept on. I picked Escape from the A-Bomb House from Anthem, which, if you're not familiar with Less Than Jake, this is not the greatest song for you to start on, because it's not your typical Less Than Jake song. It's definitely more angsty. But the rest of my playlist ended up being pretty angsty just because that was where I was as a person at that time. Right. I had already had knowledge of Lesson Jake in their earlier stuff. And especially given like the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of kids I hung out with, you know, heavily ska influence. Yeah. So when this came out, like, it's weird that Lesson Jake existed before this. So by the time they made the transition into this era... You know, I thought it was cool because they definitely went more towards like a rock, more punk sound. And yes, maybe the horns were dialed down, but they worked them in so seamlessly. And I think in a lot of ways, this album's so good because they were able to talk about like some fairly real shit for less than Jake. For sure. But still stay true to their roots. 
Yeah, because there's some real silly shit on this album, too. Yeah. So I really think that if you listen to them before or this is your first introduction, this is, I think, that perfect marriage of like the two eras of Less Than Jake. I think this album is a good place to start as far as your Less Than Jake listening journey. Just maybe not this song. There are other songs from this album that if you're like, I need to listen to one Less Than Jake song to sort of get what they're about, this isn't it. I don't know. I really love it, though. I love this fucking song. The harmonies on it are so good. My high school experience was not great, especially at home. So the idea of getting the fuck out and just like kind of wanting to like be an adult, be your own person. Like that's what like half of the songs on this playlist are. Because that like that was the message that I felt in my fucking soul. Yeah, and this album, like, it definitely had that entire vibe to it, which yeah. a lot of bands were talking about that kind of stuff, but from Lesson Jake, and I think at this point, being something of veterans in the scene, it was approached with a little bit more, I guess, maturity and nuance, and I think a lot of people gave them credit for. They were really trying to, like, give this, like, some real weight. I think the idea of, like, wanting to get out of your parents' house... It's different if it's a bunch of 16-year-olds recording a song about it versus some dudes that are, you know, in their 20s and that have gone on and are just kind of looking back at things. Like, they came at it from a slightly different perspective, kind of based on their ages. And they still managed to do a good job of sort of encapsulating that feeling of being like, fuck this, I want to be grown. I don't know. I really like it a lot. Don't feel bad about it, because is this the catchiest song? No, but if I had to pick a track from this album, or at least a series of tracks, maybe at least three, mm-hmm. that would best encapsulate why you would like maybe sell someone on this, that would definitely be one of my picks. Man, there's just so many good songs on this That's album. That's what I call it, a union? Plastic Cup Politics, fucking rules. The cover of Surrender is really good. Welcome like, to the New South is amazing. It's a great way to start an album. I remember in high school, I came to school in a Less Than Jake t-shirt. And a girl that I kind of knew, but I didn't know her super well at the time, um, cornered me and she's like, how the fuck did you find out about Less Than Jake? Like, you know, I had a cool friend. They were on a playlist, whatever. I listened to them. I liked them. I bought the shirt. And she just like being very like gatekeeper-y about it. Ugh. And it's just one of those, like, one of those things that sort of annoys me, and I still think about it to this day, where I'm just like, be excited that you found another person that likes your weird ska band. Don't be a jackass about it. Yeah, seriously, Kohid fans. I'm sorry, what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. So, 2004. I don't know if you know this, Adrian, but there's this band called Tegan and Sarah. Tegan and Sarah, I wait, that sounds familiar. I, I've heard of them. They put out this album that um, a lot of people liked called So Jealous that year. Really? How come I've never heard of it then? Like, I'm not here to like the, the fucking pulse or whatever. There's parts of my body that are on the pulse. <laughs> I almost put the matches here. No, that was 2003. 2003, I almost put the matches there. Um, I had a flogging Molly song there for a little bit. Um, I had a Modest Mouse song there. Wait, hold on. Which Modest Mouse song? I don't know. It might have been The World at Large, because I kind of fuck really hard with that song. Good News is one of those albums where I know I know Modest Mouse fans don't like it as much because, like, Poppy and shit. But, like, 
it it's got some really great stuff on it. I think those Modest Mouse fans that bad not like I don't think they really gave it a listen because I really feel like what happened was they heard Float On and just didn't listen to the rest of that album. Good news for people who love bad news is just as dark as any other Modest Mouse album, at least before, you know, Isaac got sober. Yeah. But it's just, you know what it is to me? It's like the best concept album that doesn't exist. And now it's time for another edition of the Wind and Nostalgia Filled Ramblings of Adrian King in the segment we like to call Storytime. Here is your host, Adrian King. The world at large, it's like, things suck, but you know what? I'm going to give this shit a shot. I'm going to hopefully try to figure out what life is all about. And, you know, hopefully things are going to go well. Then you get to like float on where it's like, hey, shit's great. But then Ocean Breathe Salty and like Dig Your Grave, it starts off with like this weird air of positivity, but then shit just keeps getting worse. And worse and worse. And and worse and worse. So by the time you get to like Bukowski, where it's just like, fuck this shit. Oh my God, Bukowski is is probably my favorite song on this album. (gasps) Did we just become best friends? I think we just became best friends. This has been another edition of the Winded Nostalgia-Filled Ramblings of Adrian King in a segment we like to call Storytime. We'll see you next time. Oh yeah, Tegan and Sarah, I'm sorry, because Modest Mouse, God! <laughs> Ocean Breeze Salty alone, like, sat in a coffin? Alright. Black Cadillacs? Alright. This is a Tegan and Sarah podcast. Let's talk about Tegan and Sarah. Um, I had three different songs from this album on this playlist, and then I trimmed it down. I had Wake Up Exhausted. Then I changed it to Walking with a Ghost, because I thought it would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think I changed it to Take Me Anywhere, which is where it ended up at. Because this is another one of those songs where it's just like, get me the fuck out of my present situation. Please and thanks. No. High school was not good for your girl. I know. And it's like, I feel bad because I'm like, damn, like. But one of, she's one of my closest friends in the world. I was in her wedding. She is great. Um, Like one of those like super happy high school memories was driving around in her little Toyota and listening to this album. I fucking love Teen and Sarah and I love her. She's great. So I have some positive memories associated with this album and with this song. If you are looking for a good entry point song for Tegan and Sarah, I think this would be a strong one. I think almost anything from So Jealous is a decent place for you to start. That is true. What bums me out, and this is like a really dumb thing to get bummed out about, is that there are probably so many people that their entry point to Tegan and Sarah is everything is awesome. And that's a weird misnomer. And that is cool on their part. I mean, that song, didn't it, like, freaking get nominated for an Oscar and shit? Yeah, it's great. It's just, like, I don't think it's a very accurate representation of what Tia and Sarah is about. Yeah, you're right. It's a great song, but if you listen to that, what's your next step? Lonely Island. (laughs) Oh, I almost put a Lonely Island song on this, too, and I'm so bummed out that I didn't do it. (laughs) And I threw it on the ground. (laughs) Um, And then I closed it out with another band that we've talked about, um, Garbage. Not enough, honestly. No. Bleed Like Me. Holy shit, this album is so good. 
listen to we it. We need to talk about Bleed Like Me because I really haven't visited this one in a very long time. I fucked with this album so hard in 2005. Holy shit. And 2005 was the year that we went and I got to meet Shirley because they were touring for this album. Oh, so the story with you almost dropping your friend's camera, that was for this tour? That was for this tour. Oh, son of a bitch. That's awesome. Yeah. I chose to finish out my playlist, uh, Metal Heart, which again, is sort of a weird choice as far as representing this album, but it was definitely a song that I felt in my emo little bones. Shit turned around for me in 2006 because I went off to college. Yay. And was like, oh, hey, there's beer here. This makes it fun. (laughs) But this is still, and this is why I love your playlist, because I almost forgot how much Bleed Like Me era was so badass. Yeah. She kicks so much ass on this album. You've got a lot of that same, like, beautiful garbage, like, I don't give a fuck kind of shit. But she's back to sort of writing lyrics that are very specific to her situation and just like processing her own sort of shit again. And I'm here for it. I love it so much. Yeah. This album rules. It's heavy, but it's not oppressively so. There's some catchy ass shit on this album, though. Like the first like three or four tracks of this album are just fucking bangers that you can listen to it as deep or as sort of surface level as you want to. They just bop. But then you get to bleed like me. And you're just like, okay, now we're going some places. We're right back where maybe people weren't comfortable going again. But Shirley's like, I don't yeah. give a shit. She's grabbing you by the collar. She's dragging. He's like, you're going to feel this. You're going to hear me. And they had the fucking balls to release bleed like me as a single. Holy shit. Man, garbage rules. God damn. See, now? <laughs> I mean, tell you what. What I'm going to do is this. How about we take our leave now? Fuck it. We're making this a part two. Okay. I'm going to go listen to Bleed Like Me, and then we'll come back next time, and we'll talk about my list. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I was walking with the ghost. For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.